Hello, and welcome to the reading room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade on Twitter, and a special guest, Mr. Lemonade. So what am I getting paid for this? Today, we will be reading A Different Perspective by House of Pixels, Chapter 12, Comfort Food. This fic is rated explicit. Please see the AO3 link in the description for additional tags. Bakugo, wait, slow down! Achako scrambled to keep up as Bakugo pulled her down the police station hallway at a breakneck pace. The staff members of the station froze in their paths in his wake of rage, skittering out of his, and by default her, way. Achako was clinging to his hand and had to jog to catch up as he stormed through the police department. Bakugo, despite his show of anger on the outside, was quenched in fear. It leached across the link, making the hair on the back of Achako's neck raise. His mind was worrying about a mile a minute, circling around Kaneyami's assertion that there was an assassination attempt on her life in the works. She couldn't hear his thoughts exactly, but she got a strong general impression from his deluge of emotion. In all his preoccupation with her future safety, he seemed to have forgotten about the current Achako, who was being painfully dragged down the hall in a rather indelicate way. He dragged her through the door to the lobby and was making a beeline for the exit, presumably to get her away from Kaneyami. Katsuki, stop. We should talk about this. She attempted to get him to pause, to give them time to talk their plan out, but was cut off with a growl and glare over his shoulder at her. He gave her an impression of fuck off through the link as she balked at him. He spun around and continued his advance, dragging her along with him once again. Oh, hell no. He did not get to just drag her along with him without thinking this through. She narrowed her eyes at his back in irritation, feeling her stubbornness rise to match his. Katsuki, stop. Pachako dug her heels into the ground and activated her quirk on his hand. His head whipped around in a furious glare as he started to float, no longer able to stomp towards the door with her in tow. Put me down. He ground out at her, anger flaring acutely, though in no way matching his current level of fear. Achako stared back obstinately. No. Jaco met his glare with one of her own, gripping his hand to tether him to her. Not until we talk about what we're doing. Ochako, I swear to God, if you don't fucking release me... He spoke through clenched teeth, red eyes glinting with the unspoken threat. You'll what? She interrupted him, rolling her eyes at his theatrics. Blow me up, please. She shifted her free hand to her hip, giving Katsuki a look. They both knew she had the upper hand the second her quirk was activated. Katsuki fumed, literally, his free hand smoking ominously. Some civilians in the lobby of the police department glanced nervously at the two pros, skittering away from their general vicinity. Ground Zero certainly had a reputation of collateral damage when he was angry, and the general public knew it. She supposed that the fact his clenched fist was smoking in earnest now didn't help the public feel secure. Whatever, Bakugo said in a low voice, acquiescing to her request, eyes darting away from hers. His palms stopped smoking as he tasted her mood, deciding he wasn't in the position to argue with her request. Her rational mood quenching some of his fear and anger as he let her mood influence his more. Achako pressed up against his mind, just to double-check he wasn't faking her out, and nodded when she was satisfied with his more stable mood. She let go of his hand, and he crossed his arms as he started to drift upwards. 
She brought her hands together and released her quirk quietly. He fell the few feet to the ground, landing surprisingly quietly given the heavy combat boots he was wearing. Achako glanced around nervously, noting the nervous stares they were getting from the civilians in the lobby. They couldn't talk about such classified information with so many eager ears around. She reached out, grabbing onto one of his crossed arms, very excitedly, not thinking about how firm his biceps were, and tugged him out of the center of the lobby. Once she felt satisfied with how few people were within earshot, they were situated off to the side of the busy station, also further out of range for civilian casualties. She turned to Kotsky. You seem intent on going somewhere. Where? To my apartment, obviously. He rolled his eyes to punctuate his point, fury and fear still rolling off of him in waves. He kept glancing from her face to the space over her shoulder, where Achako knew the door she'd just barged through was located. Achako rolled her eyes right back at him, mirroring his attitude. No, not obviously. Why? Well, we can't fucking go back to your apartment. Why not? Why not? Are you kidding me, Chief? They know where you live. They have an active plan to take you out. I am not about to walk you towards a group of villains who are intent to fucking murder you. But- But nothing. I'm not discussing this. The hell he wasn't going to discuss this with her. He couldn't just suddenly decide what they were doing without her input. Just because she had a death threat. Especially given how mad he'd been when she'd been speaking for both of them earlier this week. It was a very hypocritical of him to be doing it now, even if he was just acting out of fear. Jocko sighed, lifting her hands up to rub her temples as a headache started to set in, from all of this intense emotions bombarding her from the link. Kotsky, my apartment has classified police information just laying out on the coffee table. I can't exactly just leave it there for them to find. We have to go back to get it. Fuck the files, they aren't that classified. This is hardly the first time someone has threatened to kill me. I'm a big girl. I can handle it. He didn't seem to have a response to that, just staring her down firmly with an emotional attitude that read very clearly as fuck no, and a slight whisper of yeah, I know that. Achako tilted her head back in annoyance at his unmoving conviction to keep her from returning to her home. They really couldn't just leave those files for the villain to find, especially if her hunch was right and the file she'd found earlier about the couple who'd tried to kill a child were the same as the couple Kanayami had mentioned. They couldn't let the villains know they had a lead. How about I just go back really quick to pick up the files and a couple of my things, and then I meet you at your apartment after? Are you even hearing yourself? No. The fuck is wrong with you? You are not going to your apartment alone. Then come with me. He scoffed, looking at her incredulously as she emphatically argued her point. We've been over this. No. I'm going. You can come or not. I refuse to let the villains get any tips as to what leads we have. She held her ground, looking up at Bakugo imploringly and holding her resolve firmly in the link. One of his eyebrows twitched with withheld emotions as he stewed. He could feel that she meant what she said, and was probing trying to see if there was any way to convince her otherwise. She waited patiently while he probed around her mind, looking for any sort of waiver in her conviction he could use. After finding none, he let out a low, unhappy sound from the back of his throat. Fine. Five minutes of trip. He spun on the spot and started walking away from her towards the door again at an impressive pace. Achako grimaced and ran to catch up, stealing herself for the possibility that they could be walking into an ambush. Katsuki cracked the door to her apartment with extreme caution 
as if it were attached to a bomb, which in a way it was. He was poised and ready to explode at the slightest indication that there was even one hair out of place. She hung back in the hall, watching as he crept through her apartment, strategically clearing each room. Achako let him have his paranoia, knowing that he wouldn't be satisfied until he had checked every inch of the perimeter himself. Personally, in the part of her mind Bakugo couldn't see, Achako thought it was rather silly to do so, given that the villains could literally teleport. It didn't really matter if it was safe now, it could flip at a second's notice, should they choose to teleport inside. Then again, maybe that's why Bakugo was so on edge. They had no advantages. He was trying to regain as much control as he could. You've got five minutes, he said, gesturing for her to enter with a motion with his hand. He stood, arms crossed in her living room, eyeing the windows across from her couch warily. Okay, I'll pack some bacon sticks. You grab the files, she replied, breezing past him, alert but not nearly as antsy as he was. He nodded, bending over the coffee table to collect the files she had scattered earlier today. Ajako hurried down the hall into her room, grabbing a generic duffel bag from her closet and quickly grabbing some clothes off the rack and stuffing them inside. She moved away from her closet, grabbing her hero suit off her bed, where she'd left it when she'd left this afternoon, on the way to her dresser. She pulled up short before she could open the first drawer, breath catching in her throat. There was a scorch mark on the floor. It was small enough that she would have missed it, had missed it, when she hadn't been looking for signs of an intruder. She knelt down and ran her hands over the burned spot on the wood flooring, noting it was cool. She'd suspected that it had been here for a while, and that she had just failed to see it last night when they'd come back to her apartment. Well, if there was any doubt that Kanayami was lying, it's been resolved. She heard Bakugo's footsteps flying down the hall and felt his spike of alarm through the link. He burst into her room, glowing palms facing out, eyes searching the room with a fierce glare. When he found nothing but a Chaco kneeling on the ground, he let out a frustrated noise. You scared the shit out of me, round face he said, rolling his head on his shoulders in exasperation and relief, letting his palms cool with a sizzle of black smoke. Oh, sorry, Achako said innocently. I found evidence that they've been here, or at least the magma guy has been. Unless you did this at some point, she continued, pointing at the scorch mark. He came up next to her, squinting at the spot, and his anger flared. He stood back up swiftly and started to scour the rest of her room without answering her. Ajako gave a sigh as his behavior and continued throwing things into her suitcase, just as eager as he was to get out of here before the villains decided to come back. It was unnerving that they had been in her personal space, where she felt secure and at home, without her even knowing it. Okay, I'm done. Let's blow this joint, Ajako said, giving her room a quick once-over. Kotsky gave a snort at her phrasing. That can be arranged, he joked back raising a sweating hand in jest, a smirk on his face. She grinned tensely as they hurried out of her place. The train ride across town to Bakugo's apartment went by much more quickly than Achako had expected. They were both contemplatively quiet, reviewing the conversation with Kanayami across the link. They plotted their next moves, both deciding that they needed to do combat training with the link as soon as possible. They also agreed they needed to talk with Aizawa tomorrow about the developments in the case, particularly the names of the couple that had recruited Kaneyami, Musai and Shunji. 
They also needed to dig into any records available about the two and see if they could get a lead as to the location or plans of his villain group. They had no idea when the next attack would be, and they had to work fast to try to prevent any future actions. Bakugo's anxiety about their safety seemed to wane the further they got from Machako's apartment, which she was grateful for. His jittery energy was starting to grate on her nerves. It had been a long day. By the time they reached what Achako came to assume was Bakugo's apartment building, it was well past sundown. He led her up to his apartment, a freaking penthouse suite, flashy just like his quirk, and unlocked the large black door for her. Looking around, Achako could tell that Katsuki, just like Izuku, had plenty of cash to spare, thanks to his salary as the number two hero. The apartment was massive and furnished sharply in a style she would have expected from someone as big of a neat freak as Katsuki was, namely very modern and sparse. There's a guest room down the hall and to the right, Bakugo said, gesturing vaguely to the left of the entryway, as he stalked off towards what looked to be a sizable living room directly in front of them, carrying her half of the boxes of police files. He set them down next to his own pile at the side of a sleek black leather couch and started walking meticulously through the space. She could feel him checking his apartment from top to bottom, the same way he had done with hers. She walked down the indicated hallway, curious and cautious. The hall had an open door on either side and one at the end of the hall, which was closed. She had never been into Bakugo's apartment. She hadn't even seen inside his dorm room when they'd been living at UA during school as he'd skipped the annual Coolest Room contest every single year. She turned to the right, as he had directed, and found herself in a moderately-sized bedroom that fit with the minimalism of the rest of the house well, a bed and small chair being the only furniture items in the room. Whether this was an active choice, or just Kotsky not caring enough to spare thoughts on decorating was unclear. Achako dropped off her bag on the end of the bed and turned to return to the living room, where she guessed Kotsky still was. She peeked into the door across the hall from the guest room as she passed and found a bathroom with a shower and a bathtub. What luxury! She presumed the door at the end of the hall was the master and decided to leave that discovery for later. Obviously, Kotsky was a very private person. He wouldn't appreciate her snooping around his room just to satisfy curiosity. Bakugo was indeed still in the living room when she emerged from the hall, sitting on the rather fetch black black couch, reading over her notes of the files she'd reviewed. The link informed her that he was focused on the task, thinking hard. Thanks for letting me crash here, Achako said gratefully, as she gingerly took a seat next to him on the couch, blanching as she noticed the huge TV mounted on the wall in front of it. It was connected to several gaming consoles, which was pretty spot on for Kotsky, seeing as he and the Baku squad were known to have serious gaming tournaments. She felt slightly out of place, surrounded by such shows of wealth, just as she had while she was at Izuku's. You're not going to break anything. You can relax. He commented with an eye roll instead of responding to her thanks, clearly picking up on her unease. Chaco glanced around nervously and cautiously leaned back on the couch, not trusting herself to not accidentally ruin his belongings, despite Kotsky's apparent faith in her abilities. Kotsky pulled the folder she had flagged, number 1035A6, and started looking through it himself, having finished reviewing her notes on the other files that she hadn't found useful. His brow was drawn in concentration, and Achako blushed when he bit his lip distractedly. 
She once again cursed Sue for not so delicately bringing certain things about Bakugo to her attention. Bakugo glanced up at her unconscious mention of him with a distracted curiosity, quirking a brow at her questioningly. God damn it. Her blush deepened, and she whipped her head away from him with an awkward clearing of her throat, a touch too high-pitched to be heard as anything but an attempt to clear her discomfort. He gave her a skeptical glance, the link flaring with curiosity from him, before he returned his glance to the file in his hands at her conspicuous silence. So, did you find anything like that in your half of the files? She blurted out the first appropriate thought that came to her mind, gesturing towards the file he still held. Nah, nothing like this, he replied in a sigh, shutting the folder and running a hand through his disheveled hair in frustration. Achako sat contemplating their next steps in terms of research. They still had more case files they could be going through, but with the new lead of the couple's names, it may be a smarter and more efficient play to start digging up as much on them as they could. Then again, the police and pros assigned to the case would be doing that, so it may be a better use of their spare manpower to look through the remainder of the unreviewed files, rather than cover the same research twice. Not a lot else we can do tonight. Bakugo said suddenly as he stood up. I'm going to go make some food. Any requests? He looked at her impassively, waiting for her reply. Oh, thanks. That's really sweet of you. I'm sure whatever you make will be fantastic. Achako smiled, thrilled that he would be cooking for her. She had the honor of eating his food a few times while they were at UA, and she had yet to have a better home-cooked meal. The man was a god in the kitchen. He was also notoriously stingy with sharing the fruits of that particular skill. Whatever, Bakugo said grouchily, but Achako caught the appearance of his flush, the link reflecting his bashful reaction to her praise, before he spun on the spot and started towards the open-concept kitchen. As Bakugo started cooking, Achako occupied herself with looking over his notes on his half of the files. She laughed under her breath at his handwriting, so chaotic it was nearly indecipherable, and did her best to read through them. As he had said, his notes indicated that the files he had been looking at were unrelated to the case, mostly a combination of decade-old accidents and petty crimes. Still, Achako knew the importance of having two sets of eyes review information, especially when they didn't know exactly what they were looking for. She got through his notes relatively quickly, not finding anything in his scrawl that she would flag as important. She sighed and returned his notes to the top of his neatly stacked boxes. He had so much work that still needed to be done. She pulled out her phone and sent Deku a quick text asking for more files to go through, hoping he had some ready for them to continue working on. The files she and Katsuki had gone through over the last two days barely scratched the surface of what the department and heroes on the case were trying to cover, and she knew they weren't the only ones going through files. Hopefully the work they'd done to rule out several old cases would be helpful. Deku responded quickly, as she expected him to, considering how glued to his work phone he was, letting her know he could come over to her apartment tomorrow to exchange their files and notes for some new boxes. She cringed, realizing she would have to tell him she was staying at Bakugo's place for a bit, because the villains had threatened her bodily integrity should she return to her own. Two things Izuku was, apparently, not good at dealing with. Bakugo's perceived relationship with Achako, and death threats against her. She felt Katsuki's curiosity at her mood change, but he didn't say anything. She could practically feel his eyebrow raising in patient expectation behind her in the kitchen. 
She ignored his unspoken question and drafted a text to Izuku. I'm actually staying with Katsuki right now. My apartment is apparently no longer secure. She read it again and then erased it and rewrote it, chickening out. Bring them by Bakugos instead. Long story. She sighed, sending the message before she could change her mind again. Juggling Izuku's weird possessiveness, confessed feelings, and the link with Katsuki was getting complicated. Not to mention the death threat thrown in the mix. Her phone buzzed with Izuku's prompt response. Okay? And Ochako sighed, putting her phone down on the couch. She wasn't going to get out of explaining this, but she would postpone it as long as she reasonably could. Call Aizawa and ask him to come by tomorrow. Katsuki called from the kitchen, interrupting her thoughts of procrastination. Ochako turned around on the couch, sending a questioning look at him. He glanced up at her, feeling her eyes on him, red meeting brown. He had a massive wok in front of him, and he broke eye contact to dump a pile of precisely cut vegetables into the hot pan, which sizzled. Why? Ochako asked when he didn't answer her questioning look. Damn, whatever he was doing to those vegetables smelled amazing. We're going to start combat training, he said, smirking. He could be helpful for that. Hey, we need to talk with him about the couple. Achako nodded in affirmation. Apparently, Kosky had just decided how they were going to spend the day tomorrow. Not that she disagreed. They needed to get up to speed with their combat skills as soon as possible, and tomorrow was as good a day as any. She figured they could spend the evening buried in the files to make the most of their limited time. She turned back around on the couch and picked her phone back up, dialing Aizawa. It rang twice before he answered in a disinterested tone. What? Is that really a way to answer the phone, Aizawa-san? Achako chided, a smile creeping onto her face despite her best efforts. The man was a parody of himself at this point. Why did you call, Uraraka? He sighed, ignoring her teasing. Katsuki wants you to come out to our combat practice tomorrow, she answered sweetly, glancing backward at Bakugo. He appeared to be dishing his food creation into two white bowls. Her mouth watered. Delicious food was imminent. Aizawa sighed. I want to set up a time to meet soon anyway. I have an idea that I want to try. What idea? Achako asked, confused by his cryptic proposition. Eh, not sure it'll pan out. I have to call in a favor first. He replied in a bored tone. Regardless, I'll be there. Bakugo's usual hero, Jim. Achako deadpanned at Aizawa's insistent lack of information. The man refused to give any more information than he deemed necessary. She glanced back over to Katsuki, who was walking over towards her, bowls in hand. She took the one he handed to her with a broad grin, pushing her appreciation across the link. He shrugged and slumped down next to her, faintly embarrassed at her praise. Aizawa wants to know if we're meeting in your normal gym? Yeah. Tell him we'll be in my usual studio. Achako gave Katsuki a perplexed glance. She knew that Aizawa and Katsuki had maintained a close relationship after their class's graduation, but she hadn't realized it was close enough that Bakugo invited Aizawa to his training sessions frequently enough that they had a usual studio. He says the usual studio, she relayed for Katsuki, who had started eating with gusto. I'll be there at 10 a.m., Aizawa confirmed, and hung up before Achako could say goodbye. She pulled the phone away from her ear, frowning at Aizawa's sudden departure from their call. She shrugged it off and switched her phone for chopsticks, digging into what seemed to be some sort of fusion stir-fry. She groaned, 
closing her eyes in blissful appreciation when the first delicious bite touched her tongue. It should be a sin to be this good at cooking. Damn him. Kotsky cleared his throat awkwardly, and Achako turned to look at him, noticing a faint flush creeping onto his cheeks. Oh my god, she said, mouth full of food. This is so good. Oi, Bakugo exclaimed, looking at her like she had grown a second head. Close your mouth, you fucking heathen. Achako swallowed and choked out a giggle at his now furiously blushing cheeks, the link alight with his flustered energy. When she had calmed her outburst, she gave him a genuine smile. It really is good, thank you. She thanked him one more time. Yeah, whatever. He mumbled, tucking into his own food again. Then, after a second of thoughtful chewing, he corrected himself gruffly. You're welcome. Achako took that as her cue to stop bugging him about the impossibly appealing flavors he'd managed to create, and happily continued eating the delicious food in front of her, never one to let a meal go to waste. They ate in comfortable silence after that, until Bakugo suddenly stood up, placing his bowl in the sink. He made to start the dishes, which Achako vehemently disapproved of, assuring him she would take care of them. He had glared at her skeptically, before Achako scoffed and assured him she could clean dishes just fine. After some hesitation, he left down the hall, instructing her to be ready to go at dawn. Achako nodded, ready to attack the following day with steel determination. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.